Greetings, everyone. This is Julio again, your host for my God in You podcast and YouTube channel. In this episode, I want to give you a knowledge-filled lesson concerning the mind of God within your mind. So in order for us to truly do this, we have to take a deeper look into what scripture teaches concerning this reality. And so because of this, we have to examine what I refer to as the full counsel of knowledge related to this topic as we should with every biblical topic that we study or that we examine. So with that being said, as always, I've got a lot of knowledge that I wanna share with you in this episode concerning this very important topic, which truth be told, it is can actually be considered as one of the most important biblical topics that you can study concerning God. And that is how his mind is inherently present within your mind. And of course, how we can experience his mind within our minds as a teaching spirit for every area of our lives. So with that being said, let's get to work. So this episode that I'm sharing with you today was actually birthed off of the last episode that I did when we took a deeper look into Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. And in that episode, I laid out a lot of knowledge that is not traditionally shared in traditional uh, churches or, or spiritual environments concerning these two verses that Paul wrote about. And within that episode, I really uh, was completely blown away but, uh, by some of the knowledge that I was learning myself as I was studying for the episode, uh, and that is uh, concerning the mind of God. In other words, you know, what it really uh, uh, is all about when you understand, again, the full counsel of what the scriptures are teaching concerning it, and also the full counsel of deep word studies that bring again this fact and this reality and this experience into our lives. So with that being said, in that episode, in verse two, I spent quite a bit of time concerning that portion where it talks about not being conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now notice it says your mind. And of course, one of the things that I constantly talk about and that I share, that I can clearly see in scripture, that I personally experience in my personal life, that other people who I, I connect with, that I fellowship with, that have the same mindset as I do in terms of, you know, uh, of, of us experiencing God in the most intimate experience or possible way that we can experience within our minds in terms of experiencing God as a teaching spirit for every facet of our lives according to his will. We all agree, we all even see that where this actually happens, of course, is within, again, our mind. So that's why the reason why I say that the original purpose that God created the human mind is so that we can experience them as an encouraging, guiding, and teaching spirit. And again, this is the primary reason that God created the human mind. First of all, is to house himself within it to function as that encourager, that guide, and that teaching spirit. So you're gonna see some more of that in this episode. In that episode, I share with you this slide, uh, the, uh, the first three bullet points of this slide actually, 
uh, where I was, again, defining what renewing meant. And I want to actually bring that again into this episode so that we can get a little refreshing of what that episode was all about. And simply stated that when we define the word renewing in that portion of verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we saw that it was defined or described as to experience a remembrance for the, re for the purpose of recalling events of the past and to act upon them. And that this, uh, these events were experienced through this documentation that I shared about in the last episode. And that documentation uh, is actually a reference to the book, the script, the will, and also to experience, in other words, the memories that God has for your life. In other words, it's to experience his mindset. And then we went into Psalms 139 and 16, where the, this is, of course, spoken about, where it talks about in the days or the members that were fashioned for me, when as yet they were none of them. And, and of course, you've heard me share knowledge about that in prior episodes, and I'm not going to share it in this episode. Uh, but if you want to know more about that, of course, that's always present in the other episodes and primarily in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, according to or what that really is teaching about what God does to us or the experience that happens within our mother's womb. And I'll share some more enlightenment about that here in a couple of slides beyond this one here. I wanted to just you know, summarize all of that to say this, is that the primary reason that you should consistently practice the renewing of your mind is to experience the renewing of God's will through rehearing and re-seeing His will within your mind for every facet of your life. Because truth be told, God loves to renew your mind by repeating His will. Remember, this is what is in His memory, in His mind, through repeated inner encounters with Him. These experiences train your mind to function according to the original purpose for which God created it. As again, you've heard me state over and over again, that the original purpose that God created the human mind is to house Himself within it primarily as an encouraging, guiding, and teaching spirit. And there, of course, is another reason. In other words, the mind of God is actually, or the presence of God, I should say, in your body is actually what gives you life. And we're going to see more of that in the next couple of slides here. So concerning the mind from that last episode, in this third bullet point, we went and we defined it and we described it through these definitions but in that episode, when I was studying for it, that word nous, that is according to the Strong's and Thayer's Greek definition resources, they say that it comes from two other words. And this is the Greek 1097 and also from the Greek 5590, which we're going to dive into, of course. And so just simply uh, the, the base definition that I gave you in the last episode, the word mind there, it was defined as the intellect, whether it be divine or human, and how it's experienced, of course, is through thought. And it's also described as the faculty or the part of our bodies where spiritual truth is perceived and purposes are revealed and where we actually are inherently capable of discerning good and evil just as God does. Now remember, we talked about that, of course, in prior episodes concerning why that is and that gift that God blessed us with. And then when we translated that from the Greek to Hebrew, of course, we found out that the word ruach, 
was the the the, the uh, Hebrew definition of the word nos that was the Greek version of the word mind, and then we def it was defined as the breath of spirit and the mind of God. And again, we're going to really dig deep deep into this in this slide here, of course, and in the next slide. So pay attention uh, because this, to me, I found it fascinating because this gave me even a better understanding of what is really in my mind. So let's begin by that from Greek 1097. Now, according to Strong's and Thayer's Greek definitions, it's actually the word genosko. And it's one of the primary Greek words that are used for the word knowledge, by the way. And it's defined as a type of knowledge that is mentally perceived. So interestingly, when we translate that word from its Greek to Hebrew, it becomes this very important Hebrew word that you've heard me talk about and teach about, and of course, write about in my books. And that is the word yada. And yada there is defined and described as knowledge that is perceived and dispersed through an intimate experience and relationship. And of course, we know that this experience is, is hearing and learning from God. And that relationship is when we become yoked to the mind of God within our minds. In other words, when we function as offsprings of God, we're being fathered by God. And it's also described to acquire and see knowledge through the door of the eye. A very interesting uh, description there. Let me uh, repeat that. It's described and defined as to acquire and see knowledge through the door of the eye. We're going to get into this in the next episode concerning vision. But I want to highlight a verse that's going to be the foundation of the next series of episodes that I want to share with you concerning how to acquire, how to experience vision from God. And that is found in Psalms chapter 32, verse 8. And this is God speaking where he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Remember, this is according to his will. And then he goes further on to say, I will guide you with my eye. Notice it's singular. We're going to really expound on that, of course, again, in the next episode. So with that being said, this is the same yada or inward knowledge receiving experience that we find also in Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, which you've heard me teach about. Of course, we have a video on this on my YouTube channel concerning this, which states, be still and know. That word know there, it's Greek word is gnosko, as we see here earlier, and also yada in its Hebrew, and know that I am God. And it's also the same type of inward knowledge receiving experience that Jesus was referring to when he said, if you obey my teaching, you are really my disciples. You will know, he goes this word, genosko and yada again, the truth and the truth will make you free. And the reason why I want to just kind of quickly highlight, he says, if you obey my teaching, you are really my disciples. Remember all along, Jesus was teaching about what he himself was experiencing. And that was the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of heaven was like this. Parables and, 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 and small lineage or small lines of, of, of knowledge that he was sharing, especially in the parable of the four soils, that really what he was teaching and training the people to experience was what he himself was experiencing, and that is the educational environment where he was getting knowledge from the Father pertaining to his will for his, for his life. Remember how that experience was. He would do it morning by morning to hear as to learn. 
So we always have to remember Jesus's process in terms of how he experienced that knowledge. Again, this is found in Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. The Lord awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn. And let me just quickly pause here and say that Jesus was a master meditator. In other words, part of his prayer experience was that he would meditatively position his mind to hear and learn, to see and to hear thoughts and imagery related to the will of God for every facet of his life. And this is the reason why he states, as I hear my father speak, I, I speak. And as I see my father do, I do likewise. And again, more on this experience in the next episode concerning how to acquire vision from God through your inherent ability and right to hear and see the will of God in your mind. Now, when we study out that from 1097, it specifically states in Strong's Concordance that you should compare it to, to G5590, which was we get this interesting word where we get our, our English word for the word psyche, or in other words, the mentality of the mind. And in that description, it defines it as breath, spirit, the mind, the breath of life, and it's also described as the vital force which animates the body and shows itself in breathing. And then lastly, it describes it as a living soul. Remember, for those of you who have uh, learned from me in past concerning the origin of God's presence within the human mind began when God breathed the breath of life into Adam. And that's where the origin of the mind of God within the mind of man began. And that's the reason why when the scripture says that God breathed the breath of life into Adam, it had nothing to do with oxygen. It had to do with God breathing everything that was in him into the mind of Adam. And this is where, again, the mind of God begins in the human species. And as a result, we too, like Adam, become living souls. So when we take that word psyche, and this is where it gets really interesting. When we translate that word from as Greek to Hebrew, three primary words show up. And that's the Hebrew word lev, nefesh, and ruach. So let's define them. Lev, according to Strong's and the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, is described, of course, as the heart. In other words, the organ that pumps our blood throughout our bodies. And according to the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, this organ is also seen as the seat of thought and emotion. And it's also defined or described as the mind. Very important. You're going to see this word mind show up in all of these definitions. And this is the reason why I have it highlighted. Now let's look at the word nefesh. According to Strong's and again to the uh, an ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible and Brown Drivers Briggs Hebrew definitions, it is described as the whole of a person, the body, breath, heart, soul, and mind. It's also described as their inner being of man. And it's also interesting described as what is refreshed or renewed. Remember the renewing of your mind. So the nefesh, and this is one of the primary words for the word soul, by the way. So 
when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, as we also experience the whole being of what we call the person of God, if you want to describe it of that. In other words, our wholeness is a result of God breathing into us his breath, his heart, his soul, and mind. And this is what we experience when we renew our mind. And this is what we experience, as you've heard me mention before, when we position our souls to be the classroom of God. More on that in a moment here. Now let's look at the word ruah, one of the most common words that we find described concerning the presence or the spirit or the utterance of God, the pneuma in the Greek and whatever other uh, way that the Bible describes the actual presence is always connected to this word ruah. Now according to these same resources that I mentioned before, it's defined or described as wind, very important. Why is it described as wind? Remember, wind determines direction. So in other words, wherever wind is blowing is a direction that things in it are going to go. So this is the, one of the reasons why it's described as wind, because when God is teaching you and training you and revealing to you his will, this is the way that he wants you to go. And how does he do it? Through the breath of his speaking. In other words, his spirit. And this to me makes sense because of these other descriptions concerning Ruach, which are described as the breath of God and man. And it's also described as the energy of life. And it's also beautifully described as a gift preserved by God, God's spirit. And it's also described as what departs the body at death resulting in and disembodied body and being i should say in other words when we pass from this life it's that's exactly what comes out of our body is this ruach is this presence of god what gives us the energy or the power of life it's the gift of the holy spirit as many people describe it or the gift of the holy ghost and let me just quickly go back to this, this description about the breath of god and man it's important to be mindful, and you'll hear me say this in a couple times in this episode, because I always want to keep it in the forefront of your mind. Psalms 82 and 6, and this is God saying himself, I said you are gods and children of the Most High. And we also have to be mindful of how Job described this in the book of Job, when he said, as long as my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. And then he also said, the spirit of God made me, the breath of the almighty gives me life. In other words, it's what animates our being. It's the energy of life, as his other description says. So Ruach is all of that. It entails pretty much everything that we've seen so far concerning all of these interesting definitions concerning the mind of God that is inherently present within the mind of man. So to summarize all of these definitions that I've shared with you concerning the mind, the mind of God, which includes the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, his soul, God's heart, began within the human mind when God breathed the breath of life into Adam. And then the subsequent rebirthing of this inherent experience continues through the creation of a child in a mother's womb. And I'm going to share some knowledge with you in the next slide concerning this. Most people never consider that God has a soul just like us. Yet the scriptures teach that he does. And of course, I gave you the biblical references there that you can find or search out for yourself 
in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 11 and 12, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1, Zechariah chapter 11, verse 8, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 8, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 41, and in Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. And again, this is why I bring this fact out. And again, we don't give too much thought to this because we're not taught that God has a soul. But this is the inner room of learning within your mind that you hear me talk about all the time. Remember, when you position your body as God's educational temple to learn from him, that's exactly what you're doing. You're positioning the thing as a school. When, you, when you're doing that with a focused mindset to discern the voice of God and to learn from him, what you're doing is you're positioning your soul, which is actually his soul, as the educational room within your mind in order to experience it. And what you're doing when you do that is you're actually posturing or positioning your spirit to be a student of God. That's exactly what the process is. The best way I can describe it. This is what Jesus was doing morning by morning when he was positioning himself to hear as to learn. And what you see many people in scriptures do the same. They just don't describe the whole process. But when you look at these definitive root word perspectives concerning how these people experience God within their mind, same process. This is the reason why you should consistently practice the renewing of your mind, which is to experience the renewing of God's will through rehearing and re-seeing his will for every facet of your life within your and God's classroom, which again is described as the soul. Remember again, when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, he breathed the potential of all of humanity to experience God's breath in different ways. And that is through, as I mentioned, through the definition, that's what you're experiencing his heart, his mind, his will, and everything else. In other words, the totality of what God is and what he wants to share with you, which includes, of course, his will, which is that book, that script that you constantly hear me talk about, which actually becomes the curriculum for every facet of life. When you position yourself to experience it, when you position yourself to be fathered or discipled by the spirit of God within your mind. And what is the biggest blessing of this experience is this, is that through this experience, you will improve and grow in your knowledge of loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and spirit, as some translations say, and your neighbor as yourself, according to Matthew and Mark and Luke's mentioning of it. And the reason why I say that, who better to teach you how to love God with all of these inner faculties that we have, which is our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and our spirit, than God himself. And this is why to me understanding the full counsel of the mind is so important because you're not just getting a spirit, you're getting everything that came with that spirit. Again, it's the educational environment within your mind that, kingdom, that Jesus called the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, which includes his heart, his soul, his mind again. And all of these again are inherently present within our being, in other words, within our bodies. So as I was personally learning all of these things for my own benefit, and of course for the benefit of sharing knowledge with you concerning Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, my mind quickly went to a key verse found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Let this mind be in you which was also, let me repeat that, 
let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, the same mindset that God put in Jesus in order for him to experience the Father or himself as a teaching spirit for every facet of his life is the same mindset that is also present within our minds. And verse 6 says it this way, who being in the form of God, referring to Jesus, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So it's vitally important to always be mindful that you and I are also beings that are created in the image and likeness of God. In other words, we are also beings that are in the form of God creations. And of course, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 teaches this teaches us this, Psalms 82 again, verse 6 teaches us this, and also Jesus himself mentioned this in John chapter 10, verse 34. But the difference is that we are not God the Supreme or the Almighty or the Most High, as Psalms 82 and verse 6 describes it, but we are that little g. That's why the Bible refers to us as gods. In other words, children or extensions of God. Back when I, this revelation came across my wires, when God was schooling me on this inner divine reality, this is what birthed this logo that you saw me create, which is a, the logo for my God and You podcast, and I also put it on my YouTube channel. And if you notice on that logo, you'll see that there's a small G, which is us, that's that G-O-D, but in that G-O-D is that big G. In other words, the Almighty is inherently present within us. So when my mind was brought back to Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 and 6, I had to go ahead of course and do my little word study uh, experience and I found out that the expression let this mind, it actually comes from this Greek word called phroneo and it is defined or described as to exercise the mind, to be of the same mind, to direct one's mind to a thing, and it's also described as to seek. And of course, you know, that's one of my favorite English words because that's what Jesus instructed us to do. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, which is inherently present within us. Remember Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. So in other words, how you let this mind be in you is that you have to get to the place where you are the, of the same mind as God is. And how do you exercise your mind in order to do that? Well, you teach and train it in order to function according to the original purpose for which God created it, which is, again, is to, to experience them as an encouraging, guiding, and teaching spirit for every area of your life. And how do you direct your mind to experience this one thing? and that is through that seek process. And I, I, I thought about putting all of my definitions for the word seek, uh, but one of my favorites uh, that you'll see me expound on in the next episodes concerning vision is to bring in the eye of God. I'm gonna share some knowledge with you concerning what happens in our minds and how we can see within our minds. And once again, very interesting content that I wanna share with you that neuroscientists are talking about left and right and this is some of the things that we have to understand in terms of how the mind works and how God inherently, inherently designed it for us to experience his hearing and his seeing according to his will. Now that Greek word phroneo concerning that expression, let this mind, it's Greek to Hebrew 
translation is the word sakal there. And it's simply described as your inner ability of comprehension to be successful or prosperous. You've heard me talk about that before over and over again. If you truly want to be successful and prosperous in this life, then you want to attach yourself to understanding what the will of God has to say about this. Because success and prosperity isn't always the success and the prosperity that we see people experiencing in this outer world. Most people attach that to money, finances, property, and things like that and say that they're success, successful. Well, of course, that's a form of success. That's a form of prosperity. But where we want to experience success and where we want to prosper in is acquiring knowledge concerning the will of God for our lives. If we truly want to live that out. If we truly want to be what you hear me talk about over and over and over again, which is to be a father impersonator. What Paul described, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's the, the, the prosperity. That's the success that we want to experience. Now, in my studies, when I was, again, studying this phrase, let this mind, interestingly, it also has a from description from G5424 is described as cognitive parts of your body. And it's referring to your mind and heart that function as your reins. This is a very important word. And of course, we're going to take a little deep dive here and a couple of bullet points here. Let me again, because this is huge. That word there, friend, is described as parts of the cognitive parts of your body. And it's referring to the mind and heart. This is primarily where we experience these neurons. There's also neurons in our heart that connect with our, our mind as well. More on that, of course, in a future episode concerning the mind and heart connection. But the purpose of these cognitive parts of our body is that they're to function as your reins. Now, just in a, a quick little uh, description of what reins do. If you've ever been on a horse or another animal that are plowing the field, what they do is they put the bridle on them and then put reins on them. And then depending on how they move the reins to the left, to the right, is how they determine what direction they want that animal to go. Well, it's the same thing with the will of God for our lives. It also functions as reins. Remember that wind, same thing. It's just described in different ways. Now, what is interesting about that description or this word frank is when we translate it into its Greek to Hebrew, it now becomes these two other words, lev, which we've already seen, and manda. Now let's look at lev again. Remember, this is the seat of thought and emotion, the mind. Many people refer to this as the, the, the seat and the thought of emotion as the soul, which is quite accurate. But look at the word manda. Now this comes from an Aramaic origin, according to Strong's. And Brown's, Drivers, Briggs, Hebrew definitions describes it this way as knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Let me repeat that. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And it's also described as intelligence. Remember, I've shared with you in, in prior episodes, this is that 30, 60, 100 fold. This is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God that I described in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 episode that you can see if you haven't seen that yet. This is also part of that whole parable of the four soils. Remember, knowledge is information that God reveals to you. He's revealing you his will in the form of knowledge. 
understanding is when he's explaining it to give you further understanding of that knowledge. And then the wisdom of God is when God is giving you a how-to steps. In other words, how you can manifest or flesh that out of your life through his instructions. That word manda is also described as your power of knowing. I like that. It's also described as the inward sense of knowledge and reason. Remember, the reason is one of the primary definitions for purpose. In other words, when you're experiencing the power of knowing, you're experiencing the knowledge and reasons, or in other words, the purposes for which God is giving you this information related to his will, which will always, of course, include the purposes for which God created your existence. Now, let's look at this word reigns. For those of you who have read my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, and also have seen my prior videos concerning my sharing knowledge concerning this key portion of Scripture, you already know where I'm going with this. Now, in Psalms 139, verse 13, and this is what God says about us. For you have possessed my reins. You covered me in my mother's womb. This is for every human being that has ever been created. Remember, as I mentioned to you before, in the beginning of this episode, that when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, that's what the origin of the kingdom of God, the mindset, the heart and the soul of God, all of that began there. And how he continues that process is through the creation of a child within a mother's womb. So the word possessed in that verse, in verse 13, is the Hebrew word kana, which is described as to create and own for the purpose of building a home. And from a definitive root word perspective, According to the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible, the word reigns that is used in this verse is the Hebrew word kilya, which is defined as the interior self or the interior loins of the mind. The ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible sheds some further light on this by giving us some knowledge concerning what exactly the reigns contain as it describes it as an enclosure for a resident god or king that is purposed to nourish and provide what is needed to make someone whole or complete. And what that nourishment is, is of course the will of God. This is why, again, I, I repeat Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that the reason why we position our bodies to have its, our minds renewed is so that we can understand what the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God is. That's what nourishes our inner being that should be manifested, of course, in our outer being in terms of how we live. So I repeat, the reason why you should consistently practice the renewing of your mind is to experience the renewing of God's will through rehearing and receiving His will within your mind for every facet of your life. God loves to repeat his will through repeated encounters within your and his soul, which again is your classroom. So with that being said, a statement that I made in the prior slide that is definitely worth repeating. It is through this experience you will improve and grow your knowledge of loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and spirit, and your neighbor as yourself. Because as mentioned before, who better to teach and train you how to fulfill what Jesus said was the greatest commandment of them all? 
God's mind, in other words, his spirit is the most critical sense or gift that we all inherently possess. And it is through the mental discipline and practice of consistent meditation, which is the most important function of prayer, when practiced consistently, is the method and the discoverer of the thoughts and educational experiences with God to function and to experience just like Jesus, to hear as the learn that comes from this inner gift or sense that we all have. And what is it? Again, it's the mind of God, just described in different ways. So I hope that this episode, of course, blessed you with a little bit more knowledge, perhaps, of what maybe you already knew but that it'll definitely enhance your overall perspective of what you already have inherently present within your mind. And for those of you who are struggling with experiencing the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit for every area of your life, you're always welcome to reach out to me personally. I'm always willing to help anybody that is struggling with this. And of course, I have plenty of videos on my YouTube channel and on my podcast where you can uh, acquire knowledge about discernment and how to position your mind to do all of this. But in this episode, I simply wanted to give you a more better, what I refer to as a fuller concept of what the scriptures truly teach concerning what is inherently present within our minds. Remember, that's that reigns. The mind of God is inherently present within you. And proof of that is that you're breathing. You are a breathing spirit. You are a living soul too. The only difference between uh, those that don't believe this or don't those that don't experience this is whether or not we taught and trained our minds to experience it. That's where the difference is. So I hope that again, that this episode blessed you with a, a better understanding of what is in your mind so that you can connect with the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit. So in the next episode, I'm going to begin a series on vision. In other words, how to experience vision from God according to the inner guidance system of his eye, faith, and instruction that is already inherently present and experienceable within your mind. And the genesis or the foundation of this is that verse that I shared with you in a couple of slides ago, Psalms chapter 32, verse 8. This is how God does it. I will instruct and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. He's talking about vision, vision that com comes in the form of knowledge and imagery. More on that in the future episode again. So in this series, we're going to take a deeper look at biblical envisioning content related to Jesus's words and why he was able to say and experience this. And in that verse, this is what he says. I tell you the truth. Truth is heard and is seen, by the way, that the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Remember, this is a father impersonation experience I keep talking about, about being an imitator of Christ. And within that content, we're going to take a deep dive into Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Famous verse about vision. Without a vision, the people perish. We're going to talk about what that's all about and why people perish. It's not what most people think. 
And then we're also going to take some uh, time to really study out what the prophet Habakkuk had to say about this in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, about the importance of writing the vision and making it plain so that he who reads it may run with it. And the he who needs to read it most is you and I. So stay connected because those episodes, I guarantee you, are definitely going to illuminate your mind concerning this whole thing about how to experience vision from God. Many of us are already experiencing it, but we're just not aware of it. So I'm going to share with you some knowledge of how we can become more conscious or more aware of this experience. And within that episode, this is part of that uh, uh, teaching you how to become more aware of it. I'm going to share some knowledge with you concerning something that I've mentioned before in my Teach to Teacher meditation series, talking about the reticular activating system. They refer to it as the RAS. Every human being has it. You're probably using it right now. And how we can connect it to God's envisioning system, what I call the GES, to experience being omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent within the inner world of your mind. You know how the Bible describes God as, in different ways, as God being all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful in the world? Well, we can experience the same thing within the inner world of our mind. So again, in those future episodes, I'm going to share with you some insight concerning this reality. So as always, I'm always hopeful that what I share is a blessing to your life. Always remember that within our minds, we have this inherent learning environment that Jesus referred to as the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible describes it in all different forms. But the reality is, it's just experiencing the mind of God within our minds, which includes his heart, his soul, and his spirit. And, and that's how we experience it as a teaching spirit. And how do you do it effectively? Well, you have to teach and train your body to still itself in order to teach and train your mind to experience it, the soul within it as this classroom. And in doing so, what you're doing is, is positioning your spirit to be a student of God. And how do you do it? And how do I recommend that you do it? Morning by morning to hear as to learn. That was Jesus's prayer or meditative process. And this also should be ours, which makes sense. If you wanna know the will of God for the day going forward, and doesn't it make sense that we should be knowing what that will of God is in the beginning of our day so that we can be mindful of that, so that we can manifest that will on a daily basis. So until the next episode, stay encouraged and stay blessed.